It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Look at your neighbor and say, I can. I will. I must. How about that? I can. I will. I must. What would put us in that mindset? Maybe if you were looking at something that you really wanted or wanted to do real bad, you know, you can say, well, I can, I will, I must do that to have fun, maybe something to enjoy. Um, what about God's work? What about serving him? What about running that race that's ahead of us? That's what we need to make that declaration. I can, I will, I must. And we need to tell ourselves that. The Apostle Paul says, um, talk, in, in Ephesians, he says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual s- songs. He says that we ought to be speaking to ourselves. Sometimes our spirit needs to speak to our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and tell ourselves, I can, I will, I must. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. I want us to look at the end before we look at the beginning today. Is that all right? Amen. Sometimes it's nice to know where we're going uh, so we'll know when we get there. Or maybe know what the reward is to get, to get us there, to keep on keeping on to get there. Thank God that he's promised us a reward for keeping on keeping on. For being, uh, for persevering. He's given us a promise, and it's a great promise. I believe that we are living in the last days. I believe we're living in the days right before the coming of the Lord. I really do. And they say, well, Pastor, I've heard that for years. Well, that means it's, it's even sooner now than it was then. Amen? A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. So, you know, I asked the Lord, when are you coming? He says, oh, a day or so. <laughs> But that, that could be like right now, you know, I mean, it, can, it could be before this service is over. What a Thanksgiving dinner we'd have there as the marriage supper of the Lamb, amen? Can you imagine getting caught up and then all of a sudden looking, here's this huge banquet table set, angels are standing around, you know, little things over their arms, oh, thank you, welcome on in, come, come right this way. We've been expecting you, Miss Roberta, we've been expecting, you know, and just, isn't that cool? Can you, I can't wait. It's just amazing. That ought to be on our mind, heaven Heaven on our mind. Wasn't there an old Southern Gospel song about heaven on our mind or something? I'm leaving. I got heaven on my mind. I think Rusty Goodman wrote a song like that. Um, but we know that in prophecy there is one week of seven years, seven-year tribulation time, that was allotted out to the nation of Israel in a prophecy in the book of Daniel, 77s. 70 groups of seven years each that uh, was for the, um, uh, you know, against Israel, because, the punishment against them because of their rejection of God and some of the things that they had done. The Bible tells us that 69 of those seven weeks of years has already been fulfilled. In fact, uh, it, prophecy says that when Jesus rode through that uh, triumphal gate, that uh, the Messiah, that that was a fulfillment of that 69th, 70, uh, 69th week of seven years. Am I making sense? Everybody following me? So that means that there's one left. And that one between Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 and 28, there's this section. And it was held there. And nobody before the, the New Testament church, nobody knew about this. Because they didn't, think of, they didn't know about the church would be grafted into this prophecy. In fact, the Apostle Paul says... That a mystery was given to him that was not given to any others. You know, the prophets didn't know about it. And it's the church, this age, that's sandwiched in between there. And Jesus came first to the, to the Jews, and they rejected him. And so what opened up was this church age to allow us to be part of the family of God. Praise God for that. Amen. And so this comes down, and so there's a time of the Gentiles that's being grafted into the church, to, into God's family and there'll be a time that this comes to an end, and uh, many people have heard a lot of, uh, about the seven-year tribulation, and the Antichrist will come on the scene, and things will be fine for a while, everything seems cool, and then it starts to get a little worse, and things start happening, and things happen in nature, things happen you know, uh, politically, things happen economically. If you want to control the world, you've got to control the money, you've got to control the politics, and you've got to control religion, and all three of those things will definitely be controlled 
by the Antichrist and by the false prophet and by what Satan's doing. And so what will happen is, is that um, Th Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us that some people, if they're asleep during this time and they're not recognizing when the Lord's going to come, that they can sleep into this night season and be there for like the first three and a half years. I don't know about you, but that, I don't, that's not where I want to be. But there's a promise that's given that if we're faithful, that he says that he'll keep us from this time. Now let's look at, look at Revelation chapter 3 verse 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And he says, because you have kept, and he's speaking to the Philadelphia church, okay? And all these seven churches are seven attitudes of believers that exist today. And they also dispensationally, from the beginning of the church on down to the end of church age, you see these attitudes prevalent. But also these are attitudes of, of believers. And so to this group, uh, this church, he says, because you have kept my command to what? To what? Say that one more time and think about it. Persevere. 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 That's a funny word when you persevere. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? If we keep his command to persevere... He says, I'm going to keep you from that, from that hour of trial. I'll keep you from every bit of that, that seven-year tribulation. Keep you out of all of it. Hey, I like that. I like that. Would it be, doesn't it seem logical to, if we persevere through a little bit of trouble here, it's better than having to go through a whole lot of trouble then? I mean, if you would know something, if you could look back, you know, they say life is lived in reverse, because as we get up here, we can look back and say, man, if I'd have done that. Or, or we understand things and why things happen. But if you could have known back here what you could have done to prevent some things that you've had to endure now, would you have done it? Maybe if it would have cost you a little bit of effort and time and a little bit of perseverance and, and diligence back here to, to do some things and get that done would have saved you from having to go through a lot of stuff up here. Makes sense, doesn't it? Well, sure. Well, what about the same way in our spiritual lives? So he says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no man may take your, what? Crown. Now, we know that crowns are given as a reward. It's, uh, so that's for a reward for doing something. Now, let me just interject this. Salvation is a free gift. You don't persevere to get salvation. You don't hold on, and, and hopefully, maybe, maybe you'll be saved. You know, salvation is a free gift that God gives to all those who love him and accept his love gift of his son, Jesus, whoever accepts him and believes in him shall be saved. God predetermined before the foundation of the world, he predestined, he predetermined that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so that's before you got a chance to be good or bad. <laughs> God said, if you, if you receive my son and his payment for sin, then you'll be saved. You can be part of my family. I like that. that. Wow. God's mercy and his grace. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So you don't do anything to deserve salvation. It's all on Jesus. It's all based upon his goodness and upon his work that he did and what he accomplished. And now then when I uh, identify with him, when he died on the cross, the Bible tells me that I died with him. That's the way God sees me and he sees all sinners that, that when Jesus died, he bore the sin of the world. So in a sense, you died on the cross. When Jesus died, you died. When Jesus died, I died on the cross. If we accept that, if we identify with him in his death, then he, Paul says then we can identify with him in his resurrection. Woo, that's pretty good stuff. I like that. That's good news. That's good stuff, isn't it? Isn't God good? So... If I identify him with him, that's why Paul says, you know, to, in the King James, he, he speaks Texan. He says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. The NIV says, count yourselves to be dead to your sin, but alive unto God. So we died on the cross. So every day I need to die to myself. 
and now I need to live. So I've been declared to be righteous, and I'm a part of God's family by what Jesus did. I can't do anything about that. But now every day I'm supposed to live then a life with the help of the Holy Spirit to be set apart for him, sanctified. Sanctification is a process. It's where we become more and more like Christ. Justification is an act. God just sovereignly declares you to be righteous. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. He didn't say, okay, one, two, three, one, two, three. Everybody sound off. One, two, three, one, two, three. Okay, the threes, you're in. One and two, you're out. <laughs> now, that's not the way he does it. He just declares that if you believe on him, then he declares you to be righteous based upon the goodness of Jesus Christ. But sanctification is a process where I become more and more like him every day in my life. Sanctification means setting apart as I set myself apart to him because now I've got a responsibility. God, the Father, sees me in, as the fullness of Christ. He sees me just like Christ. Thank the Lord because if he didn't, you, we couldn't be able to stand and be in his presence. He'd just wipe us out. So he has to see us through Jesus. In fact, Jesus is saying, don't they look good, God? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Father, don't they? Oh, they're awesome, aren't they? Yeah, just look right here. G God, yeah, right here, Father. Look at And he's just, he's covering us, amen. In fact, he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. <laughs> Thank the Lord he is interceding for us. Because now then, he's declared us to be righteous. Now then, we need to live a life that really is righteous, Right relationships, that's what righteousness is, really, it's right relationship, because when he declares me to be righteous, now I'm in a right relationship with God the Father, I'm his child, I'm restored, I'm back in a right relationship with him. But I also then need to, every day, set myself apart to him, let him work in me so that I can be in a right relationship with Tim, with my brother, i got to love my neighbor as myself. I need to be in a right relationship with me, right? Because if I don't love me, I can't sure can't love anybody else, love your neighbor as yourself, so then we get in walking in righteousness, and then we have this thing about a righteous living, a walking in righteousness, and it's setting ourselves apart, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to correct us, to reprove us, to show us in the Word where we need to, hey, uh, that's not, that's not going to profit you any, you know, you, might, you can go ahead and do it, but it's sure not going to... That's going to hurt you down the line. And so he's bringing us into becoming more and more like Jesus. Now, throughout this process, ultimately, you know, still there's justification. We're declared to be righteous. There's sanctification where we are becoming righteous. And then there's glorification where God, when, we, when we're there in heaven, we're going to be like him. We're going to be glorified. Amen? There's some people that think here that think they're glorified, but... <laughs> But one day we're going to be glorified and, and we're going to be like him because we'll see him as he is. And that's what 1 John 3 says. Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when Christ shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And we're going to be like him. Wow, one day we're going to be like Jesus. Now then we need to be becoming like him so that other people can see us and, and see what Jesus looks like. That's why he says that you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine that men might see your good works and glorify the Father. The only good works are the works that look like Jesus, the works that Jesus would do. So here we go. So there we go. I've been saved from the penalty and guilt of sin. God declared me to be righteous. I have been saved. Every day I'm being saved or delivered from the power of sin that would try to hold me down and defeat me and keep me from reaching that uh, goal of becoming more and more like Christ because somebody might see God in me and decide, hey, I want to be like that or whatever. It's our witness. And so the power of sin is always working against us. So, but I'm every day, Paul said, I die daily, you know, so I am being delivered. I'm being saved every day. One day I'm, I will be saved in the very presence of sin. There will be no sin. There won't be any sin anymore. We'll be set free, delivered from all, even the presence of sin. So that's our journey. That's where we're going. In this process between justification and glorification, it gets tough. It's not all highways and byways. It's some pathways and some gateways, and it's some little treacherous places, and there's some valleys, and there's some rugged mountain paths, and there's some things of where that it's tough. Sandy and I had the opportunity to go to Beijing, China a few years ago. 
It was really neat because I got a chance to preach in the underground church. It's awesome. I mean, wow, what an awesome privilege that was. But in the, while we were there, we decided to go out to the Great Wall of China. Hey, you know, might as well take it in while you're there, right? I don't know about you, but for some reason or another, in my mind, I'm thinking they built this wall, and it's kind of like if we built a wall up, and so then you just go along and you build the wall that high, right? So, so if you got up on top of the wall and you were walking, you would think, okay, cool, I'm up here now, this is great, I'm just walking. Boy, was I wrong. You can't believe that you walk along, they have all these stairs. In fact, I wish I had, I should have brought some of those slides, you know, I was going to talk about it, but I mean, I'm talking about, Sandy took a picture, I'm way down there, there's all these stairs that go up to this part, you see there's mountains that that thing goes over, and boy, I, I stopped and I told her, I said, whew, this is a lot of work, <laughs> this is a lot of work, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. Sometimes our Christian life is like that, we think it's just going to be, whew, smooth sailing, and it's like, whew, man, this is pretty tough. You know, I'm working up a sweat. I think I'll just sit down and chill. I'll be chillaxing, man, because this is tough. And, and so what's happening is, is that I'm not really persevering. I didn't say I can, I will, I must. I just said uh, I might. I don't, sometime, maybe. <laughs> you know, and that's how we usually live our Christian life. If God instructs us or gives us some direction, we say, hmm, I'll think about it. <laughs> Hello. The good thing is that there's this promise that he says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial. You know why that's such a great reward? Because it's a great task. It's a hard job. That's where they, why they say persevere. <laughs> okay, think about it. Persevere. Have you ever persevered through anything? You don't know what it's talking about? I mean, when you come through it, you, you man, I, I felt like quitting, but I, I didn't, you know. That's like going through the line to get a bluebell hand-dipped malt or something. You know, I made it. I persevered. I stay. I made it. People line up to get new Apple phones, you know, and they're like, I got it. I got it. I was here three days. I waited in a line that was a mile long. I persevered. I got the Apple phone. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll all get one. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> um, some, some people persevere through some things that they think are worth it. The thing is, is that people, we've got to change our perspective and see, like, you know what, it's worth it because one day we'll get to be the bride of Christ, that he comes and he, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and, and the trump of God and, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That's what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. Man, that's what I want. I want to be ready. I want to be ready when he calls my name. I want to be ready. Hallelujah. Maybe we ought to take a look and look in or maybe just look around and see, is there any people that aren't here that maybe were here that maybe you know that you might know that, well, they just kind of got frustrated. They got tired. They're not really mad. They're just, I don't know, just don't feel like coming to church, or maybe they got mad because they were going through a trial or a tribulation, and they got mad at God, or they got mad at Miss Sandy, and <laughs> which means if they're mad at her, they were mad at me first, probably, but <laughs> they might have got mad at you, and since you're coming to church here, they ain't going to come anymore, right? In other words, they just didn't persevere through it. I mean, my goodness, we treat the family of God different than we treat our own family. We're born into our family. I mean, you know, I can tell you, I, I had three older sisters, and I wasn't always thrilled about some things that's going on, but I, I'm stuck with them, you know? I mean, this is what they say, you can't choose your family. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of times, it, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. And when maybe God allows someone in the body for us to kind of rub up against, and, and we're the ones that need changing, and God allows that to happen. The devil's trying to, you know, get us to be, you know, get all upset, and God says, well, that's okay. That'll polish him up a little bit, and uh, we're like, you know, we're going to forget that, you know, and we just get mad and, and leave. What's up with that? It was going to really work for our good, but we didn't realize it. I want you to open your Bibles now to Romans chapter 5. 
this chapter in Romans is what we call the much more chapter. If you read all of it, it talks about how much more, how much more, how much more. And he's, he's talking about doing some comparing. But in Matthew chapter, or Matthew, where did that come from? In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, hey, we talked about that, right? We've been justified, declared righteous. Since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God. We're in a right relationship with God. We've got peace with God. We're not at war with God anymore. He's not at war with us. Now, he, he loves us, and we're in his family, and we have, we have peace with God. That's a good thing. That's a real good thing. If anybody you want to have peace with, you definitely want to have peace with God, okay? Because if God be for us, who can be against us? So now that because we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? We spend a lot of time talking about that. Verse 2. Through whom, and through Jesus, we have gained access. Think about that just for a second. Through Jesus, we've gained access. Hey. That means you've got a new realm, new dimension of authority or a new dimension of privilege, right? When you gain access to something, you know, that means that you've, you've taken a step up now. You, 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 you are somebody, unless it's, you know, gaining access to something. Maybe you didn't gain access, you just, they threw you there or something. But <laughs> this is when you gain access, and we get, gain access through Jesus. It says, through whom we have gained access by faith into this what? Grace, this favor or favors. You've gained access to God's favor. Hey, yeah. I've gained access to God's favor through Jesus. Okay, I've been, I've been justified. And so through Jesus now I've gained access into his grace or his favor in which we now stand. We're standing in the favor of God. My Standing, in other words, with God, is that I am his child. I am an heir and a joint heir with, with Jesus Christ. I have been given uh, whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose I, uh, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm above, I'm not beneath. I am somebody. I'm a child of God. Amen? So, uh, so it says, and we rejoice in the hope or the earnest expectation of the glory of God. He says, uh, so we're standing in this favor, and we can rejoice that we can earnestly expect the glory of God. What is the glory of God? His abundance, authority, power, wealth. Um, it's his splendor. It's God's character. So we can earnestly expect the, the glory of God to be on us and with us and, and through us. Wow. So we've gained access to God's favor and we can earnestly expect the glory of God in our lives. Do you expect his abundance in your life? His authority in your life? I've gained access. I've gained favor. Uh, his power in your life? In my name you will cast out devils. And, you know, in all these things he tells us. His splendor? His character, we can expect his character, we begin to look like him, we begin to act like him. Now all these things though, they are provisional, right? You know what provisional is, right? You don't have them, but it's provided, but you've got to access it. Now we gained access to his favor, now then we have to appropriate all these things that we have access to. You know... They could give me the key to the pantry <laughs> down here and, and the kitchen where the turkey is. I might have gained access to it, but until I actually go up and open the door and go in and pick me up a slice of that world's famous turkey from Joe's and slap it in my mouth, I haven't actually appropriated it. Everybody follow me. Okay, so now, so we have gained access, we have God's favor, and we can earnestly expect, we can hope uh, here for God's glory. Um, so, verse 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, Paul. What happened to you, man? Did you fall off the table when you were writing this and hit your head? We're talking about access and favor and glory of God and all this. Get that suffering stuff out of there. What's up with you? Where did that come from? 
What are you talking about? What? What? Not only so, like he's getting ready to say something better. Not only so, but we also rejoice. I'm getting excited here. I mean, we're talking about the glory of God that we can expect. We're talking about I'm in a right relationship. All this good stuff. And he says, not only so, but we can also rejoice in our sufferings. Are you kidding me? What is up with that? Because we know. Well, I don't know if I know or not. But if I did know, maybe I could rejoice. So when you do know, then you can rejoice. Well, that's going now here. So he says, uh, not only so, but we also rejoice in in our sufferings because. So you can rejoice in your sufferings if or because. But if you don't because, then you won't rejoice. Or you, I know the grammar didn't all fit. Did you follow me though? So he says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces, and this is getting worse, perseverance. What happened to the abundance, authority, power, wealth, splendor, glory? Whoa, what up with that? Maybe he's trying to tell us to be able to appropriate abundance, authority, power, wealth, splendor, his character, that we need to know that suffering is going to produce this perseverance. I'm going to get through this one so that I can get to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And if I make it through, something's changing in me. See, praise God that he saved me. And he picked me up. And like they used to, those old testimonies in southeastern Oklahoma, you ever been down there? I didn't think so. But maybe you've heard something. He picked me up out of the mire and the muck. He set my feet on the solid rock. Y'all heard them, right? I used, we, I, we used to go to some of those old Church of God uh, services. Woo! And them ladies, they had their special rings. They had little hoops made in the bottom of the ring. So they pull that handkerchief through it. Well, when the, when the Holy Ghost will hit you, oh, you, you got to... Yeah, Flip that hanky, you know, because you got to be ready. Okay, just in case, you know, everything going fine, but, you know, boy, if that, we used to call it the church of God jerk, you know, if he hits you, you know. But anyway, they used to say, uh, I thank God that he picked me up out of the miry muck. He set my feet on the solid, that's good stuff, on the solid rock. And then they kind of go on, and, and I just hope that, that I can just make, make it in. What? You just want to barely make it in? That's not much hope, right? Man. So he's talking about persevering. I think that's what they were thinking about. If I could just make it in, if I could just, if I could just hear the gates click behind me. It's kind of like the elevator shutting. You're going like, oh, and it opens again. And it opens again. You're going, oh, okay. And you're pressed in there like, well, are you kidding me? We're going to have a triumphal entrance into heaven. I ain't going to barely make it in like, whoo, click. <sighs> I don't know when well, we're smashed in here, but I'm so glad I made it. Sorry about that, everybody else. Are you, man, when the angels are going to open them gates and they're going to say, John, come on in, John. Come on in. We got, it's wide open here. And man, it's going to be a celebration. When you come in, it's a ticker tape parade like the Astros, except it's going to be you. And after you're done, I mean, we got all eternity to do this. You know, it's going to be you next. And here we come. And yay, you made it. That great cloud of witnesses. I mean, it is a big deal. <laughs> For some of us, it's a big deal. <laughs> But he says, but, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, yeah. But not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Oh, that's what we're trying to get to, right? Because when I was saved, I'm just here. I mean, you know, and provision, I mean, you know, God sees me as being the same as Jesus and his character is in me. But I hadn't got there yet, right? So this process, though, of setting myself apart and going through those sufferings, persevering through that suffering, it says produces this character in me. And when the character is produced, that 
the end result is hope. Wow. No wonder people don't have much hope. They keep bailing out of all the suffering. They don't know. He said, because we know that suffering produces this. If you knew that that suffering is going to produce something better in you, then you can rejoice in that suffering. That's what the Apostle Paul says. Hey, man, this is cool. I'm going to be, oh, man, I'm going to be better. I'm going to have better. I want to be able to do better for, for the Lord, for his kingdom. Yeah, I can. I will. I must get through this thing. Hallelujah. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. So many people that are disappointed. Why? They don't have hope. And just ask them. I mean, hope is earnest expectation. They have a, they're expecting something good's about to happen. They don't know that God's a good God and that he's about to do something good. See, they don't have that hope. Why? Because they haven't known, they didn't know that their suffering is going to produce something good. It's going to produce perseverance. And that perseverance is going to get you through that next thing to get you down there where you say, I know, like the Apostle Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep me against this day. How did he know that? Being stoned and raising up and saying, hmm, wow, I made it through that. Being shipwrecked and he saved. Being beaten and he lives. That's how he knew. I know in whom I have believed. He said, I'm persuaded that he is able to keep me against that day. Hmm, I like that old song. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. <laughs> Man. Perseverance. Who would have thought it was... Such a good thing. I mean, don't forget, that's why we had to read the end first, Revelation 3. Because this command to persevere says, I've got a great reward for you. You'll be the bride. I'm picking you out special. Then wait a minute, what's up with that? Let me tell you something. You join the Navy. Anybody ever been in the Navy? Okay, then I guess there's no Navy SEALs in here then. Because you've got to get in the Navy first. See, uh, at one time, my son Tim thought he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> I talked him out of it. <laughs> prayed, prayed, talked him out of it, and he wanted to be in reconnaissance. I said, wait a minute, bud. Do you know what reconnaissance is? Yeah. They send you in there ahead of time. You get to... I said, yeah. And you check it all out when you're in there by yourself, and you're right there at the enemy lines, and you get all the coordinates and everything like that, and don't let the enemy see you so that you can... Tell him where to bomb in and all those things, and then you sneak back. Anyway, he was like 17, 18, you know. He, he knew everything, but then he grew up. <laughs> but anyway, so, but to get in the Navy SEALs, you have to join the Navy. You've got to be in the Navy first. You've got to have a job in the Navy first. And then, then you, if you've selected this, then you can go to that SEAL training, SEAL camp, whatever they call it. You go to, to, to try out to be a Navy SEAL, and you go through all of the suffering Y'all seen those pictures, those things about this? Now all this. Why do they? Why do they have to go through all that? Well, Sandy says that's terrible. That's terrible. They shouldn't make them do that. I said they're not making them. They can ring that bell anytime. They didn't have to. They signed up for that. They did. They're crazy. I said, yeah. Well, probably so. But why do they have to go through all that? What's it doing? Making them into a Navy SEAL. It's developing character. But now, how do you get that? You gotta persevere you're in the navy and if you ring the bell and you jump and you go out of seal camp or training you're still in the navy okay great but to be one of the elite that gets to call themselves the seal that they give them a certain you know thing to put on their, 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 their chest that they are identified to be a Navy SEAL. To get that, you got to persevere. you got to go through these things. And when you come through that, then, then you get that crown, so to speak. You get that reward for being that. So let me just tell you something. You can be in the Navy. You can be in the body of Christ. Oh, I think I lost some of you now. But if you want to be the elite of the elite, 
If you want that promise, see, he didn't give it to everybody. Read, read about the Sardis church that didn't quite, uh, they weren't waiting. They just doing their own thing. Ah, my, my Lord delays is coming. I'm going to just eat and drink with everybody else out here. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do that. They're in the Navy. <laughs> They're in the body of Christ, but nah, they ain't persevering. They, they ain't coming through anything. They're not developing any character. They're just developing themselves, pleasing themselves. Wait a minute. Oh, Pastor, Christians don't do... <laughs> oh, yes, they do. A whole slug of them do. You got the whole Navy. <laughs> you got the Navy SEALs. Are you following me? So, see, there's a certain thing. Because in a minute, you're going to see where... That if you make it through this suffering, you get a crown of life. Now, that is Zoe, the word Zoe, but that, which it entails eternal life, but it's life as God has life. Uh, there's a lot of Christians that, they're not living that abundant life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, have abundant life, have this Zoe life, have this Life as God has life, uh, 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 abundance, uh, authority, power, wealth, splendor, character. Why? So you can persevere and get through these things. Okay? So, you know, yeah, you can, you can be in the Navy. But if you want to be in the elite of the elite, then there's going to be some suffering. Okay, well, then I'm checking out right now. Well, fine, check out because you're going to have suffering anyway. So see, the way I look at it, I can do a little suffering now when the Lord's there to help me. And if I persevere with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll make it. I can. I will. I must. But if I don't, I'm going to have suffering. And then the problem is, then is I'm stuck because that's part of my, my, hmm, that's part of my uh, chastening, if you will, my correction, because I wasn't listening back here. My dad had a thing, you know, you listen now or you listen later. He had a way to make me listen later. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's back before you, that's when you could, when you could whip children. Or in the South, that's when they would whoop them. There's a difference in a whipping and a whooping. <laughs> See, my, my dad had this razor strap. I don't know if y'all know what a razor strap is, but that's a two-ply thing about that wide that the barber used to have on the side of the sharp, and it was leather pieces. One was leather and one was this uh, canvas about that thick. And man, if I didn't listen, he helped me listen. <laughs> so sometimes I got a time out. That means how... How much time I was out on the floor after when I, when I didn't listen. That, that's the kind of time. One of our kids, I uh, get ready. One, they, you know, they didn't listen. So, okay, and, you know, I told you what was going to happen if you don't listen. So we get ready. Can I have a timeout? I laughed because I thought, I'll give you one of my dad's timeout. Okay, moving on. In our spiritual life, you know, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be problems. I don't know why we think that we can't deal with them or that, that it's not going to happen, but it's, it's going to happen. So if Paul says, verse 3, again, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Character, hope. In other words, earnestly expect. I know that it's not the kind of hope. The wishful hope that is the natural kind of hope. This is spiritual hope, which means earnest expectation for good. I know. And he says, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So, the end result there is hope, not doubt. So he's going to develop this hope in us. And hope comes when I have developed this character that I know who God is and, and I'm becoming like him. And I just know and I expect God to take care of me. Like I said, like the Apostle Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep me against that day. Um, so what we see here is, is that uh, Jesus is the bridegroom of my soul, and I'm developing this characteristic with that I know that he's the bridegroom of my soul, and that I believe that I, I'm going to reign with him. That's my earnest expectation. I know. I believe that he's my, the bridegroom of my soul, and I can, I will, I must make it through this one. I can, I will, I must make it through this next 
opposition or whatever comes my way. Now look at James chapter 1. It just gets better. I mean, some people could think it's getting worse, but hey, this is getting better. I mean, it really is. It's James chapter 1, this is Jesus' brother, James. Verse 2, crazy. That guy crazy right here. Listen to this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. <laughs> what is up with these guys? Man, they not, these guys are crazy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because, oh, here's that thing again, you know. You know. If you don't know, then you, you're going to find yourself in some trouble. But you better know. He says, he says um, because you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops, there it is again, perseverance. What is up with this perseverance stuff? Let me tell you something. If we don't discover it and we don't know how to develop perseverance, we're going to be coming up real short. We're going to be in the Navy, but we're going to be going through all that other stuff. Man, he says, verse 3, James chapter 1, verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Now, let me tell you something, people. Faith isn't faith until it's tested. See, faith comes by hearing, hearing from the Word. So as I'm preaching today, hopefully you're developing some faith to believe God's Word. But that's just out there. But faith isn't really faith. It's not complete until it's tested. See, you can sit in, in a class and a teacher can tell you a bunch of stuff and you can hear that. But until it's tested, that's when you really know it. And then when you, you actually put it into practice in your life, that's when it's real. So faith isn't faith until it's tested. And so Satan does a real good job about trying to test our faith because he tries to test you in such a way that you reject that, that what you've heard and you don't believe it, then he wins. But if he tests you in those things and you still believe it after all that, then it's faith and it's tested faith. And man, that faith develops some character in you that says, man, I, I, know, I made it through that one. You know, and I mean, you, you feel like you're standing, you start to get in, like those Navy SEALs, you get in shape, you know? You start to get in shape. He's like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I, I can. I will. I must. So it says perseverance must, oh, so it develops perseverance. And look at this, verse 4, James chapter 1. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So in other words, we got to get from point A to point B down here. So we've got to, perseverance, it has to finish its work. I've got to persevere through this, this struggle. Well, what that does is it develops some character in me. And so then when I go through this struggle and I persevere, if perseverance finishes its work, I get down here where I am mature. You see, I begin to be the bride of Christ. The Bible says, Revelation 19, 7 says, the bride has made herself ready. In other words, persevered and developed some character. And so your reward for that character is to be given a crown of life that distinguishes you, like that Navy SEAL is distinguished from other people in the Navy, distinguished and says, this group of people here, they persevered and made it through, developed character, the character of God, the same character that we see in Christ Jesus. That's who they are. They have a crown of life. Wow. See, I used to think, crown of life, I was thinking, okay, well, so I'm going to live forever. You know, that's all cool. That's all right. And I didn't know it was like a distinguished thing. But crowns are, for, are distinguished for certain things that happen. And you get to take those crowns and lay them at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ to worship him. That's a high privilege to be able to take that crown and to come and to kneel before him and say, worthy is the lamb that was slain. I couldn't have done this without you, Jesus. You're the one that gave me the strength. It's through you that I made it, that I persevered to the next one. I could see you, Jesus, and I, I persevered and I made it because I wanted to be like you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Wow. So he says that, we, you know, it's got to, perseverance has to finish its work so that we can be mature, complete, lacking nothing. And this is not talking about our salvation. This is talking about something else. So what it does is it's, we, when we come through this thing, we're proving God's character. Uh, and we're proving to, to God. We're also proving to, uh, to, the, to ourselves. We're proving to the kingdom of darkness 
that we know who God is, that we know what his favor means, and we know that what he can do to get us through these things and that no weapon formed against us can succeed. You can say that, but until you've stood in the face of it to when every weapon from hell is launched against you, until you stand against that, and then you see it go by and you're still standing, then you know that no weapon that's formed against you can prosper. Hallelujah. Oh, Charles Bogler, Tulsa, Oklahoma. He had been a merchant marine. Then he was a missionary in Ghana, Africa. And he came back living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've told a little bit of this story. He was building a boat in his backyard in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't know if you know or not, but Oklahoma is a long ways from an ocean. Okay. Building a boat. They called him Little Noah. And he was going to build this boat so he could take supplies to missionaries around the world. Okay. And he was building, it was a concrete boat too, just keep that in mind. So, you know, they got a lot of ridicule. But uh, the guy had a plan. Porta Catusa was there in Tulsa. Launch it in Porta Catusa. Down that, there you go, down to Florida on the Swanee. Uh, we saw him down in the Swanee River or whatever down in Florida. Got that boat down there. It took him years to get that thing built. But he, I was helping him one day on a concrete boat. And, he's, and I, he was saying, yeah, this is in Tulsa, you know, where Raymond and you know, all these different, I mean, this kind of the buckle on the Bible belt, you know. He said, all these preachers talking about faith, they need to just come with me. He says, when we're out there on this little 50-foot boat, and you're looking at a 50-foot wave coming at you, he says, then we'll see who's got faith. <laughs> I thought, well, there you go. There you go. You know, faith, well, <laughs> it ain't faith until it's tested. When you come through that thing, then you know that, hey, I, it, this thing works. So, see, it has to, we have to know those things, but you don't know it until you know it. Does that make sense? Wow. How many of you have heard some things and you believed that it was true, but you didn't really know it was true until you went through it? Sandy and I, we were up and we went to see her brother. He was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which is right outside of Nashville. So we go up there and we rent a Harley. Favorite thing to do. And so uh, it was back when they first came out with the analog brakes on these, the touring models. And so as we're rolling, getting out of the, the dealership there, the guy says, hey, man, if you lock this thing up, let us know how those brakes work. I said, well, I ain't interested in locking up no brakes. I mean, if you do that, that means there's an emergency situation that you're having to lock up the brakes. Now, I ride Harleys, and without analog brakes, you lock them up, and all of a sudden, you're sitting like this, and you feel something coming around you, and you're looking, oh, there's my tag right there, you know, whoo, or it's coming around this way, and I've had that happen to me before. Oh, a semi-high, how are you doing over there? Because somebody locked up in front of you. Not very fun. If there's two people on there, really not fun. So here we are. So we got this bike, and we're now down at, at uh, whatever that, Clarksville or whatever it is. And it's real hilly, and so we're on the Harley, and it just starts to rain. How many of you ride motorcycles? A couple of things you don't want to happen. One is rain. And right at first, it really makes the highway real slick. We're at the top of this hill, and so as we're coming down this hill, just starting to rain, there's a car down there at this little intersection getting ready to turn out onto the highway we are and she this lady she looks she said there she looks right at me and I see her looking at me and then she turns and looks the other way which you're supposed to she looked back at me and I had this funny feeling this ain't gonna work out the way it's supposed to work out <laughs> out she comes people think they can that motorcycles are small or something I guess and they just pull out in front of them and think you know oh we can be, I can beat that and she pulled out in front of me, and I mean, we were there on top of her, and I locked that big old altar classic up, me and Sandy together on wet highway, and all of a sudden, something was amazing. Now, I believe the Lord was with us too, but boy, those analog brakes, and you could just kind of feel them surging, and that bike stayed just as straight and just as true and stayed upright, perpendicular. It's a good thing on a motorcycle, and, you know, and here we come, and it stopped on wet pavement. I go, Wow, and I made a decision when I bought my next motorcycle, they would have anti-lock brakes on them. So it, it worked, you know. But see, everybody talked about anti-lock brakes. Oh, they're wonderful, are they? Really? How do you know? Well, I mean, you know, they should be. Well, do you know that they're good? Well, not really, but I mean, you know, uh, theoretically. But do you know? Well, no, not really. But <laughs> see, when I went back to that dealership, and they were talking about analog brakes. They were theoretically talking about them, but I could talk about them. 
Because I knew then that they worked. See, faith is like that. And we can talk about all these things of God, but until you come through it and you sliding down there, and you, then you know that it works. Faith works when you work your faith. And so that's what we have to have in our life. And so, see, without that trial, I'd never know that. But we want to just bail out when the, when the going gets tough. Ain't no tough get going. <laughs> we ain't tough. We want, it, we want it comfortable. We want it easy, right? That's just the way we are. Come on now, don't shout me down. So perseverance, we have to have this perseverance. It keeps coming up over and over and over. Perseverance, perseverance, because you kept the, my command to persevere. Oh, wait a minute, that got my attention. Wait a minute, am I persevering? I've read that scripture thousands of times. That's my hope, everything else. And I've talked about, I've quoted that. And I've said command to persevere. And I've thought, so let me pause there just for a second and do a little examining Am I? Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm hmm. Maybe I need to kick it up a little bit. I need to say, I can, I will, I must. Because I'm telling you, I don't care who you are. If you don't keep your spirit full or something, I don't know. If you don't determine that you're going to persevere, you'll take the easy way out. That's just the way we are. Now, we don't have time today to go into all these because you guys are making me nervous. Y'all smell world-class turkey. I, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> but we're going to get started on this because this is something, wouldn't you say this is pretty important? If this is going to keep you out of the tribulation, you think it's something we need to hear? I think so. I think so. I'm, hey, I'm trying to help you. I know turkey's going to help you, but I'm trying to help you too, you know. <laughs> Perseverance. What is perseverance? How do you describe it? Well, here's how I describe it, because I looked it all up. I got all the fancy words and all the definitions and all that kind of stuff, you know. But you know what? That's kind of hard for me to remember. So here's the way I remember it. I used to ride enduro motorcycles. And enduro. Enduro. Endurance. It means it was made for off-road. It was made to climb hills. It was made to run on the road if you needed to be. Because they had enduro races. It's like, you don't know what's coming up, but this thing will endure anything. So what it meant was, whatever you came up against, it would keep on going you know, no matter what opposition or difficulty. Perseverance is to continue doing something in spite of opposition or difficulty. I'm going to continue doing that. I'm going to be constant. I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be faithful. All those things pull into it. If you endure, if you persevere, you are faithful. If you persevere, you are steadfast, unmovable. If Satan can move you, then you're just, you know, you're giving ground. You're not persevering. Is it making sense? So to continue doing something in spite of opposition or difficulty. Now, just take a little pause and run your life, replay your life through your mind, and see areas, times, events, challenges, where you didn't continue doing what maybe you were supposed to do because of the opposition or the difficulty. Don't say anything. <laughs> you just run it over in your mind. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, I missed it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was so mad at him, I could have just knocked him in the next week. Yeah, I didn't persevere there. I, I gave ground. Yeah, when I ripped that trim off that car because he opened this door into my car, I was mad. I ripped his off. Probably wasn't persevering. Yeah, I lost it there. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, when Sister Bucketmouth... Spilling out all her garbage. I just got mad and I decided, me and Sandy, we could have church in our own house. Yeah, we could just, I could turn my television on. I could put some music on. We have our own praise and worship. That didn't last very long. I thought about that when we were out at the club dancing, you know. Well, this, this church thing ain't going too good, but, yeah. but I'm sure having fun. I thought, hmm, yeah, I didn't persevere there very good. Let that guy stand between me and God. Hmm. I don't know about y'all. I've had some times when I didn't persevere. I didn't continue doing what I was supposed to be doing. 
when opposition came, when difficulty came. Y'all never done anything like that? You know, wake up the next morning and a stamp on, my, and stamp on your hand, then you remember where you were the night before and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I can't go to church today. <laughs> I feel horrible. Yeah, well, if you hadn't had your head in some place where the heads weren't made to go in, throwing up everything that you had down inside of you, you might have had the energy to get up and come to church. Oh, come on now. <clears throat> Y'all ain't, I don't know. Y'all aren't like that, I guess. Steadfast, faithful, constancy. Constancy, me and constant, no matter what's hitting you. Earl Campbell. Dragged 15 people along. The, you got people off the sidelines. Kind of, like the water boy. He's, he's dragging the chain guys, you know, just... He's just going, just going. <laughs> Y'all don't, some of you don't remember Earl Campbell. I'm, but, you know, just. <laughs> What's your plan? Run Earl. <laughs> All right, there we go. I mean, he was constant. You can always count on him, you know. So unwavering, that's what perseverance is, unwavering. You see, all these characteristics talk about an overcomer. An overcomer. In other words, a Christian that overcomes no matter what's thrown your way. Like a Navy SEAL. Man, no matter what it is. Land, sea, sky, whatever. No matter what they throw against us, we're going to make it. We're going to get in there. We're going to do our job. And we're going to, you know, and, and we're going to do it no matter what. Hmm. Special, elite. Anybody in here want to be the special elite of God? Hmm. One day, and man, you get one day, if you make it, you get a crown of life that says, and you get to reign with him. Paul said, if we suffer with him, uh-oh, one translation said, if we endure with him, we'll also reign with him. Hmm. And see, the devil's right there. No, don't you do it. Don't you do it. It's going to be tough. It's really tough. You don't want to do that. You're okay. You're chill. You just, you slap him. Slap the fat off his face and tell him to get behind me, devil. I got something to do. Peter was trying to talk Jesus into taking the easy way out and not persevering. And Jesus turned around to, to Peter, and which was Satan speaking to him. And he says, get thee behind me, Satan. Don't you know that Peter had a jump like, whoa. Okay, God. Oh, Lord. Okay, Jesus, just chill out now. Let's go on. I mean... Sometimes you got to do that. you got to tell the devil, get out of my face. I can, I will, I must. I can, I will. I'm, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. I will do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I must do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Man, I just wish I could get a, a few people that, that were willing to do that. Well, so to continue doing something in spite of opposition or difficulty. To, here's, a, here's your fancy, here's a 50-cent word uh, definition. To persist steadily in an action or belief, usually over a long period, and especially despite problems or difficulties. That's why I just said just to continue doing in spite of opposition or difficulty. Just persevere. Just keep on keeping on. Keep moving forward. Keep pushing. So... We've got to develop perseverance. I'm not going to ask you to persevere through this sermon. But I'm going to give you the, the three main topics so you can think about them. All right? And see how, when we come back next week, how, how well you've done. Perseverance through perplexity. When you don't understand it. Job. Though God slay me, I'm going to trust him. I don't know what's up. But man, I'm going to trust him. Perseverance through perplexity. When you don't know what's happening. Perseverance through persecution. I'm hard pressed, but not crushed. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down. You know, wow, when you're persecuted, persecution comes. Persevere through that. You've got to develop perseverance through that. And then persecution through progress. We've got to persevere, and we're supposed to be making progress. And when we're not, well, they should have. Uh, I, I would have, I could have if, if it hadn't been for 
so-and-so, and it's everybody else's fault. And so I, I got to persevere. When I'm not making the progress that I think that I ought to be, maybe it's my, my perspective, maybe because what I think is progress is really my will, not his will. And so anyway, so persecu- per- persevering through progress, through moving forward, we need to have persecution. Perseverance, man, I keep saying that persecution word. Wow, that's a tough one. Perseverance through all these areas in our life because that's what's going to happen in our life. We're going to have times that we don't understand, but we just got to keep moving forward. I don't understand. I don't understand why I'm walking around this wall and again and now today seven times. I have no idea what we're up to. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Walk around a wall and shout. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's happened a lot of times in life. It worked. I didn't, they didn't understand it, but if they just persevere and do it, and then when, when you're being persecuted, you're like, okay, where is God? Where is God? And that's okay maybe for a while. It's all right for a while or maybe this situation or that thing. But when it's like one thing after another, are you kidding me? Okay, God, so will you persevere? And then when you're trying to move forward and it just seems like that you're not moving at all, and then you just, what happens is you just kind of get weary in well-doing. And he says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Because what happens then is you just kind of get tired. And, and just, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, it just seems like it's so easy to get so tired of just trying to move forward anymore. Is it just because I'm 60 or what? I mean, 60-something. Is it because I just counted by decades now. Is that why it is? I mean, you know, sometimes you're just like, you know what? Forget it. I'm tired. It ain't worth it anyway. So just, you know what, that's, that's far enough. Let's just drop it here. That's, that's good enough for government work. That's, that's, you know. And so sometimes in our progress, we just, you know, that's good enough. I, I'm tired, I'm, I'm frustrated, and, and that's where it's going to be because I'm done. And that's what's happened to a lot of Christians. And that's what's happening in this day and age that we're living in, this time of Laodiceaism, that people are saying, you know what, I'm just tired. Let's just kind of sit down and chill. Let's just do something different. Now, that might be okay in the natural realm, but that ain't all right in the spiritual realm because no matter where you are, we need to be serving him. So people, I, we need to be thinking about this thing of perseverance. And it's a real thing. It happens every day. It will happen every day. And we need to be ready for it. And we need to know that, you know what, I need to fight this battle now or I'm going to fight it down there. But I might as well fight it now with God's strength to make it through. Amen. Well, let's pray together. I want to pray that this sets in and that we really begin to think about this. And I want you to think of three people that maybe have given up, that they didn't persevere through some things. It might have been, they might have got mad, they might have got sad, <laughs> or whatever. But and I want you to think of three people that you could call this week and say, you know what? Man, I was thinking about you. Just, I don't know. Let the Holy Spirit tell you, but encourage them. Encourage them. They've been knocked down. They didn't persevere. Sometimes we, you know, it, the Bible says that so, it's easier for two people to walk together, but it says, can two, two walk together unless they be agreed? So, you know what? Get in the middle of their boat. Have some fellowship with the people and find out how you can help them to persevere. Maybe you've got to carry them a little ways. I'm going to persevere with you through this. But I, I want you to really let the Holy Spirit just lay three people on your heart. I know that there's at least three people that you could call and say and, and encourage them. And they need to come out. They need to hear about perseverance. We need to get back up on the race. We need to get back up on the race course. Amen. And, and get going on this thing. So Father, we ask first of all that you Holy Spirit just show us some people that we can contact, that we can reach out to. They've been knocked down. They've been discouraged in some way or another. They got mad. Maybe they got mad. But there was something going on in their life, first of all, that just made them edgy to where that, that this final thing, it just, it, that was it. Uh, maybe they, Father, they just got discouraged in, in some way. And they're just, they're not really doing anything. They're just, they're just so uh, discouraged right now. Or whatever it is, Lord, just lay some people on our hearts to, to, to reach out to this week and to encourage them. And Father, also give us opportunities to, to see uh, others, people that need, need uh, salvation, need to come into your, your family, Lord, that we would reach out to them. Lord, uh, just touch us. And, and Father, help us. Lord, 
help us to examine ourselves and see where we're maybe not persevering, where we gave up in some things, where we surrendered ground to the enemy, and he built a stronghold there. Now it's going to be a little tougher to get it back, but I can and I will. I, I must get that stronghold back and move forward and persevere for you. Lord, show us those areas in each one of our lives where we need to work on those things. Lord, that we would get to the point of where we can encourage ourselves through your word and hearing of your word. But, Father, we got to get back up on the spiritual highway to, uh, to overcoming. And we know that your time is, is short. Jesus, you're... you're, you're he said, behold, I come quickly. And I believe that it's, it's sooner now than what we had thought. And we can't be just messing around. we got to be moving forward and persevering and going through these things. So, Lord, just touch our hearts and, and help us to be able to see these areas in our life that we need to work on. While our heads are bowed this morning and our eyes are closed, is there anybody in here today, maybe you're not sure of eternity. Maybe you've heard about Jesus and you've heard the, about God and maybe you've been told well, there's many ways to, to God. No, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the life. It's just only through him. No man come to the Father but through me. And if you haven't ever received Jesus as your Lord and Savior to be part of God's family, then you're, you're living in a, a delusion. It's not, it's not real. So if you're here today and you're not sure of your eternity, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm not sure that I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus in, his, in this heaven that's created for us. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Because I'm not sure today. I'm not sure. Amen. Well, it looks like everybody's saved. That's good. I sure wish we had a house full of unsaved today. That'd be, oh, that'd make this Thanksgiving service so great, wouldn't it? See, people just... Uh, coming to, into the kingdom of God. And there's people, the harvest is great. It's just that the laborers are few. So I challenge you to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers and hey, let's volunteer. Amen. Uh, so with our heads continued, just in prayer, if you're here this morning and you want to just say, Lord, I'm going to rededicate my life to you. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to receive your strength by your spirit, your power, and I'm going to press through this thing. I'm going to get past depression. I'm going to get past just lethargy and complacency. I'm going to get past these frustrations. I'm going to get past this. I'm going to persevere, and I'm, I need your help, and I'm positioning myself right now to receive it. Nobody looking around, but just raise your hand to the Lord and say, Father, if that's you, just say, Father, I, that's me. That's my purpose, and, and I need your help. I, and Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. Amen. 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 Well, Father, right now we're so thankful today to be able to uh, come together as a body of believers. Thank you for this church. Thank you for uh, what you've given to us to do. Thank you for all those that are here today. Lord, thank you for those that are down helping in, in other areas and those that are preparing this meal. Lord, we take this opportunity to, to thank you for the food. Thank you for uh, the good friends and fellowship that we have. Thank you for a good church. Lord, we're so thankful this, this year. Uh, even the things that we've come through makes us even more thankful and with more gratitude for what you're doing. So we ask, that, Father, that you bless the food that we're about to receive. Bless it uh, for strength and nourishment to our bodies. But, Father, the, the time that we spend will be uh, strength and encouragement to our spirit and our soul as we fellowship one with another. And Lord, all those that have, have labored so much to, uh, for this meal, just bless them back and strengthen them, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.